Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, I'm Clive Anderson. Welcome to My 7 Wonders Live. In the My 7 Wonders podcast, I ask a special guest to select and talk about the seven wonders of his or her world. This episode is one of several we recorded in front of a live audience at the 2022 Edinburgh Festival Fringe. And the guest who joined me for this recording is an American comedian, improviser, actor, writer, producer and talk show host. So here we are with an enthusiastic Edinburgh Fringe audience exploring the seven wonders of Chris Gethard. Chris. So, so thank you very much, Chris, for, for turning up. I dare say you're... Are you still um, jet-lagged from, from crossing the Atlantic? I'm, I'm bouncing back. I'm bouncing back. Yes. Yeah, I feel I feel good being here. I feel yeah. very lucky. Thank you for having me. No, though, it's, a, it's a pleasure. Yeah. Now, just to just fill in, uh, you know, who you are and what you've done, um, you've, you've, you're doing stand-up comedy at the moment, but you've yeah. also been quite a lot of TV programs. Yeah, I'm kind of one of those character actors from the States. I've been on The American Office and yeah. Parks and Rec and Broad City and, yeah. and a, whole, a whole bunch of stuff. I don't want to... Yes. Be tacky and list all the credits, but those are the ones that people usually respond to. All right, and I was on the American Office, but after Steve Carell left, which is probably why your audience is like, I can't quite place it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure they're, they're placing it. And do, do you? Um, how did you get going in comedy in the first place? Were you somebody who was funny at school and, and carried I, on? I'll tell you. Um, I don't. I don't want to be weird, but uh, you were a part of it. I, um, I when I was in high school, I was I was kind of a. I, I was somebody who had a smart mouth. Yeah. A lot of the teachers did not like that. Yes. And then one teacher pulled me aside and she said, uh, I run the theater class. I think you should take it. Yeah. I said, that does not sound like my thing. She yeah. said, just trust me. And I took the class and she made it all improv games. Right. And I became completely addicted to it. I used to... Uh, I used to get out on the VCR. I used to make VHS copies of Whose Line Is It Anyway? All right. It was the only improv that I was exposed to outside of this teacher teaching me. And then she started entering me in contests, and I won second place in the state of New Jersey my senior year as an improviser. Well, that and, sounds uh, good. That's good. I mean, out of yeah. the 50 states, sec- yeah. second best in yeah. one of 50 states. That's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And uh, from there, I, I, I wound up... Um, joining an improv group in college and then when I was 19 I started taking classes with the Upright Citizens Brigade yeah. when that was a very new thing and then it went on throughout American comedy they came the UCB came to sort of dominate about a decade of American comedic right. talent coming out of there yeah. so I was lucky to be a part of it yeah. so, so well I'm glad I've had some effect on it and it's nice to meet uh, an actual sort of fan if I may put it like that because almost always I only meet the sons or grandsons or granddaughters of fans now and right. people assure me that uh, granny used to be allowed to stay up late uh, to watch me when, uh, when <laughs> and uh, so you know just so, so people know your your current show, your show you're doing just you're just around the corner from here, uh, and you have to dash off afterwards to right, do it. So, right. so it's called a father and the son. Yeah, yeah. 
and it's a stand-up hour about how I recently had a kid, and it's made me sort of re-examine a lot of my own father's behavior. And it's a show that I'm proud of, and unfortunately, yes, I have to run there, so even though everyone's going to want to shake my hand and hug me due to this yes. virtuoso performance, I do have to run right after. That's, that's true. But they can run after you and join the audience. Oh, or, like a parade. Today, but tomorrow. Or, yes, or, um, like the Pied Piper. I'll lead you right yes. to an emotional yeah. and heartfelt hour of stand-up right. comedy. Well, yeah. with that, we must get on speedily, so, so not to delay you. Oh, sure. Uh, and we've got, to, we've got to, I don't know if you've got to, but let's go through your seven wonders. Yeah. And now I have them written down as you sent them in, uh, and I'll just go through the order as they came in. So your first wonder is A New England by Billy Bragg. I think that's the best song ever. Yeah. Yes. Ever. And I know yeah. I know everyone's thinking this American's trying to butter up the UK crowd right yeah. now. It's no, you don't butter up a Scottish crowd by saying don't worry about that. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a very big fan of Billy Bragg and I think that song yeah. is just perfect. It's short and sweet. Yeah. Um, I've always liked him. I also grew up a massive fan of the Smiths. I have two Smiths tattoos on my body, but Billy Bragg has not betrayed me like Morrissey has so many times. Yeah. Uh, so are you not updating some of your Morrissey quotes uh, to, to keep up today? What are you saying nowadays? Here's the one that's going to make your crowd hate me. I actually met him and have his signature on my shoulder. Yeah. And it, I keep trying to get it covered. And every tattoo artist is like, it's so massive. Yeah. I don't know how we'd cover it. Oh. So I have that. Oh, wow. I met the man. And uh, yeah. Can yeah, you change it into something? I, you, well, I've thought you, about putting like, remember when Morrissey wasn't insane? Question yeah. mark. Yeah. Yeah. Just like 1980s era Morrissey. <laughs> but I'm like a 42-year-old father of a child. I'm like, do I really want to, do I want to expand this from a bad tattoo to just a bad bit? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Do I just want a bit on my arm? Well, there's, a, there's quite a big supermarket chain over here called Morrison's. <laughs> you, you could, you could get them to sponsor you oh. having the, the name slightly changed. Look at the, if, if they're willing to pay me yeah. literally any amount of money, I would yeah. happily do that. But yes, so, I, I yeah. think of New England by Billy Bragg. I go, that is, it doesn't belabor the point. It doesn't overstay its welcome. I yeah. love the lyrics. I love the music. I think it's a perfect song. Yes. Now, and are you familiar with it, with Billy Bragg singing it? Because there's a, there's a version by Kirsty McCall that a lot of people will know as well. I am familiar with both. And I know that there's the, the, the verse that was added yeah. for her that he uh, often doesn't do out of respect. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, very familiar with the story of that song. And yeah. I've seen him a couple times, and it's it's also uh, two of the best shows I've ever attended were Billy Bragg shows. Oh, right. I once saw him play in a church, and it was yes. it was everything I want music to be. Well, I, 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 it's certainly a good choice, and uh, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I've interviewed him a few times. I know Billy Bragg at, at that level. Uh, but uh, I, would, I didn't know that he had a sort of... In, are you unusual, do you think, in being an American fan of his, or does he have a big following in America? Well, I think he has a decent following in the States, and I'll tell you, there's that... There's that there's a, a trend of punk rocker that loves Billy Bragg. And I grew up, my older brother was in the punk rock scene yeah. and he was bringing me to these small shows with these bands that, you know, 16 year old kids banging on instruments. Yeah. And there was a real, a real love of Billy Bragg in yeah. my era of, of punk rock American kids. He somehow had a real strong yeah. foothold with I don't us. think I'd even categorize him as a punk singer in a way because he's a folk singer. Yeah. He's obviously a protest singer, political activist. He, he's, he's in, in a way, he's probably not attracted as a bigger crowd as he might have done because people are slightly put off by his earnestness and political, um, you know, uh, campaigning really I think so but you know I think for a lot of punk rock I think if you're a teen who's like I like snotty music that's like intentionally kind of a turn yeah. off like punk is at its yeah. best well like Ramones kind of stuff or yeah I mean Ramones yeah. and, and The Clash and, and right yeah. down the line to all the local bands I grew up with um 
But I think you hear Billy Bragg for the first time, and if you know in your heart, if you're like, I think yeah. I'm actually a little bit smarter than like yeah. a safety pin in my cheek and spitting on the floor. Sure, yeah. Billy yeah. Bragg seems like a guidepost. Yeah. Like, oh, there might be a smart version of this down the line for yeah. me. Yeah. And uh, he was a real guidepost. And sure. what a beautiful song. And yes, and, and the line, you know, I'm not looking for a New England. I mean, it's just the opposite of the truth. He is looking for a New England. He, Billy Bragg is, and perhaps the, the narrator or the singer in the song also is. But it's all interrupted with, with uh, being 22 and, you know, the girlfriend that he's lost or rejected yeah. or whatever. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I'm thinking of the lyrics in my head now and I'm yeah. just like, you can't, yeah. you can't do much better in my no. opinion than that well, song. Well, I, I think it is better sung by Kirsty McCall and I don't know if you're... Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, he doesn't mind. He, okay. he wrote it. I, sure, I we'll his, go with think, you. Fuck Billy I, Bragg, I no, guess. No, 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 no. I'm just... I, next her time he comes on, I her hope... Her story hope is also a, you know, a sad one because she lost her life of course, in, of in dreadful circumstances. Perhaps you know she, she was swimming with her children and some, some goofer came by and uh, she was killed in a in a you know by you know the propeller or whatever and just as she was getting nicely settled another and some of her her voice just is you know a variety of different songs it's just it's haunting yeah. it's fun in the states i would say that for people my age she did not break through as much but we all know her from her contributions to the pope yes um, mm. who did break through. So, yes, And everybody course. learns. At, at some yeah. point, if you're a punk rock fan, you learn that sad story. Yes. And you go, oh, it makes me want to seek out more and more of yes. your stuff. Yeah, yeah. well, um, if you want a, a cheery uppy song, you, there's a guy that works down the chip shop, swears his Elvis. That, that cheers you up a bit more than some of the <laughs> other more. But good it's to know. Good it's to a know. great song. Um, now, so that's a good, if I may say so, uh, like a... a Making you aware of a you know British things, you've that's that's good. You've uh, but no, but your second one that takes us yeah. very firmly to America to where to I grew up. Yeah. yeah. So the first one might I feel like people listening might go, oh, you like a Billy Bragg song? Wow, bold choice, man. Mm. This next one. I believe you're talking about the hot dog. Yes, a hot dog from Rutt's Hut, Rutt's Hut. in Clifton, New Jersey. Clifton, it is one of the seven wonders of my world. Okay, yes. now yeah. uh, I uh, I like to sort of mug up on the you know the wonders that they're given, but I I didn't really attempt this. Sure. But, so you just you just fill me in. It's, is is Rutt's Hut a big chain? I should no, be aware of it. There's just one of them, Mr. Rutt. Uh, it was a Jack guy, Rutt. There was an original guy named. Yeah. I think his name, if I remember right, it was Abraham Rutt. Founded it decades ago. Yes. And it's sitting in. If you are familiar with New Jersey, you might know the stereotype is that it's kind of an ugly place. Yes. Um, I, as a native and a resident, fight back against that. But this is exactly what you're thinking of in your mind. Yeah. It's sitting like off to the side of a highway. Yeah. And it's a hot dog, which is not a very classy food. Yeah. But I am a big fan of simple things done to perfection. Right. Fair and enough. If you ever get a chance and you're in the States mm. and you want to taste a hot dog done to the peak level that a hot dog can be. <laughs> It is at Rutt's Hut in Clifton, New Jersey. Yeah. yeah. So what, what is it? Is the actual hot dog that's good? Does, does, does he or they, do they stuff their own hot dogs or do they get a good supplier or is the way they cook it it's, or what? They deep fry. It is fried to the point where the, the skin is crackling. Yeah. It is as American as American gets. Yeah. Well, I don't think anybody in Scotland is going to be attracted to deep fried, <laughs> no, no, deep no. fried reconstituted meat product. You're going to have to go some to convince. I was just saying yeah. to my wife earlier today, she was like, she literally, she, I've been here for two full weeks. She landed on Monday and she was like, is there any place that we can just get a salad? And I was like, I don't yeah. think so. I don't think they brought salad to Scotland. Yeah, you can get deep fried salad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nasty. She got a salad that was covered in uh, pickles. The whole salad was pickles. Yeah. She's like, "What is this? Where's the lettuce? 
I said, I don't think it grows here. (laughs) I don't think it grows in this soil. This is a dreadful, dreadful stereotype. It is possible to have a salad. I had a salad earlier on today. Well, uh, they don't... uh, Because I couldn't... My system couldn't cope with any more deep-fried breakfast, which is the only meal I seem to have time for. I'd like to claim that I'm just, like, playing into the stereotype, but we have been actively looking for salad and finding it very difficult to look at. you'll be able to find... Go to Morrison's if you can find it. Okay. Get your discount. Um, But so where is this this it, the hut? So is it like a shack at the side of the road, or is that a, a term for a, it's now an elaborate? It know, is building. a true hut. It is it is just a structure and a parking lot off the side of a highway. Yeah. One half of it is just hot dogs. The other is a bar where yeah. you can order a beer and a hot dog right there. Right. Both of them have what I think is the hallmark of of uh, very confidently prepared food, which is that. The workers are not nice to you. Yes. They do not have time to waste yeah. on you. If you walk up and you're like, yeah. oh, can, how should I? They yeah. just go, what do you want or get out of the way? And uh, you, yeah. can get, you can get it uh, ordered. You can just order a hot yeah. dog and they'll cook it up. You can get a ripper, which is extra well done. Or you yeah. can get a cremator mm. uh, yeah. where that's where they just fry yeah. it forever. Yeah. I think the Scottish would really love yes. that. Yeah. Uh, and then they make their own relish, which yeah. you can put on it. And it's It's Sounds perfect. Like it's perfect. That's yeah. That reminds me, I was once in New York with uh, my friend uh, Dan Patterson, who invented Who's Lines in any way. And he was, he always insists he knows everyone. And he insisted a group of us went to uh, like a salt beef bar, which was famous for the rudeness of the waitresses. Sure. And, and yeah, yeah, that sort of, it's very, very Jewish kind of place. And yeah, come on. Yeah, make it. And when we got there, everyone was being so polite to us. And they were, they were, they were young, pleasant servers, waiters, waitresses, and so forth. And we, we we were kind of disappointed. And he raised he raised this. He said, "I understand every time I've been here before." And they and they went. They literally went down to the, to the base. They brought up an old waitress. Said, what are you? What are you talking about? Have you decided? Why are you having a piece of it? And she did a whole performance for Dan. USA. Yes. USA. <laughs> So how many times would you go to uh, this? Is this a, like a once a week thing or once a year for nostalgia? If purposes? you ate at this place once a week, you would not live. Yeah. You would, <laughs> you'd be dead within three years of trying yeah. that. Um, yeah, yeah it, it was a rare thing growing up. I actually, it was a place that I heard about growing up. And when I got my license and had the freedom of an automobile, yeah. me and my friends sought it out immediately because we had heard so much of it. All right. Sadly... I did go vegetarian a few years ago, okay. but I sit and I dream about this hot dog. Yeah. That, there's another place called Jimmy Buffs in, uh, in West Orange, New Jersey, which is a different style of hot dog. Right. A similar thing, though, deep fried. That's You're a hot dog expert, aren't you? In yeah, New yeah. Jersey, we All take breeds hot dogs. of hot dogs. Yeah, know, we take them you? very seriously yes. in New Jersey. We yeah. do. We yeah. do. Yeah. Well, I've been to New Jersey, but I'm friendly only in that way when you land at an airport and you're driving through it. And it looks like hell on yes. it. Yes. <laughs> that section of New Jersey is why everyone thinks that yeah. my, they call it the armpit of of America, New yeah. Jersey. And it's the Garden State. It is. They, the they don't put the armpit of America no. on the logo, do they? But when you yeah. land at Newark Airport and yeah. you just travel into New York, it yeah. takes you through, I mean, literal yeah. oil refineries, yes. act- actual And you're looking at the Manhattan areas. skyline. That you, that's, where, that's where we've come yes, to. We've, it, we've seen that. Poorly designed for tourist appeal. Yeah. But it is it is a pleasant place. I but I was concentrating when I saw your show yesterday. As I understand it, you were, you know, born and brought up in New Jersey, yeah. but then you you hit the big time. You I were did. in show but you were in New York, you were in Manhattan, I, you were in Brooklyn. I went and chased the dream. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I went and chased the dream. And then were you thinking, oh, I've left that behind me, I'm never going back there. I wanna be I'm I'm you know, it's like I've turned into Woody Allen if, if that's still an ambition that well, people want to do. I don't know if you've heard some accusations. Uh, yeah. As I understand it, nothing 
necessarily has been proved one way or the other, but well, it lingers. The allegations linger. I tell you, uh, people used to say I had a Woody Allen vibe because of my glasses and my nervousness. Yes. And that took on whole new connotations <laughs> yeah. within the past few years. So I've yeah. rejected that one. But I, I'm happy to tell you, a lot of people will leave where they're from and go to the big city yeah. and say, I'm glad I've left that behind. I always felt like a New Jersey person in my heart. I'm not the type to betray my roots. I'm not no. the type to uh, turn around and roll my eyes at the types of people. I grew up around a lot of working class people, and I'm very proud to yeah. be from that stock. So, oh, I, uh, well, there you are. Some, uh, least, I would say roughly 8% of your fans yeah, identify. Yeah. Me. <laughs> Well, they're becoming your fans the longer you sit here. So um, uh, they always leech away from me eventually. Uh, the, um, so be your back living in, in New Jersey now. So, I am. Yeah. I am. You know, city life is great, but we had a kid and yeah. almost instantly said, we got to get at it. We need space. Yes. And a slower pace and happy to raise my son back yeah. in New Jersey. And yeah. I gather from, again, from you, you're kind of enjoying that. You're a... Yes, I am. Yeah, yes, I am. Right. I'm either enjoying the suburban life or very effectively convincing myself that life, yeah. <laughs> that life isn't over just because I'm living yes. back in the burbs. Yeah. 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 But uh, maybe I don't know. I know your your kids only young, but there may be a time in the future when uh, he is seeking stardom and you can, you know, travel to the, to New York or Los Angeles or somewhere as his manager or, or I'll mentor. I'll him or on. Yes. 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 Yeah. And I hope he... Uh, I hope he surpasses my very respectable yeah. mid-level career. I, I, I pray for that for him. There's nothing wrong with those. Yes. I dream yes. of a very respectable mid-level career. But uh, anyway, um, that, that's, that's your second wonder. Uh, now, this is an interesting one. Uh, some people will be very familiar with this wonder. Some people will know nothing about it at all. You've selected your wonder round nine yes. of the first fight between Arturo Gatti and Mickey Ward. That is, yeah. even if you do not enjoy sports or boxing yeah so any anybody here who knows the fight i'm talking about the first gaddy ward fight oh not uh, one of, is no. this what they say posh is that when you say posh yes. when crowds don't like boxing are they posh people they might be posh people they may be just people who don't like bashing each other in the head i that's don't fair. know it's a, that's fair it's a, this fight. So you might have seen you, the Mark Wahlberg uh, was in a film called The Fighter, yeah. and that that is about uh, Mickey Ward, isn't it? It is, and the, the the film was a little confusing for those of us. I, I was a huge Arturo Gatti fan. He fought out of Jersey City. He's from Montreal. Yeah. He fought out of Jersey City, and he was an adopted hometown hero in New Jersey. Mickey Ward, the, the fight ends with him getting the chance to go fight Arturo Gatti. Yeah. It's shocking that they didn't make the movie about, the, it was a great film, but it, it, it was not about those fights. This fight is just an Italian guy versus an Irish guy yeah. punching each other in the I face. Know. The Irish guy's from Boston, the Italian guy's from Jersey, they meet in the middle of Connecticut and they punch each other yeah. in the face. There's barely any defense. And you watch this fight and a few rounds in you're going, I cannot believe these guys are standing. Yeah. And round nine, one of the announcers famously says, uh, I knew that this might be the fight of the year, but I didn't know we were going to get the round of the century. <laughs> because these guys, yes, you just realize when, when boxers are boxing, there's something truly beautiful about the idea of, sure, it, it, it is ruffian by nature, and it can be very off-putting to watch. Yeah. But they do give themselves over to an audience's viewing yeah. in a way that no other performance can replicate. Yes. And they keep standing back up. And I once watched, there's a famous boxing announcer in the States named Jim Lampley. And I once watched an interview where he talked about this round and he started crying. Yeah. Because he said, I could not believe how much they were giving of themselves to us as an audience. Yeah. 
And I would tell you, I'm a very nerdy, mild-mannered guy, but if I'm having a bad day, mm. you put on that fight, and I'm ready to face the world Oh, again. you just watch it. Oh, well, I've, I've watched it when I knew that you were coming on to talk about it, and I can certainly confirm they are just going hammer and tongs. It's, it's There's ridiculous. no defense yeah. in that round. No. It is, you punch me, and I'll punch you. Well, the whole fight really is, is pretty much, isn't it? And it's they a, did two more after that. They yeah. did a trilogy, and it's more of the same. Yeah. It's two guys. Yeah. Really pounding each other's skulls in for our enjoyment. Well, I'm assuming you're a you're a Mickey Ward fan because you picked that that round, which was good for him. But, but the whole sequence, spoiler alert for everyone, it doesn't end perfectly for him in the no. at the end of the three fights it's it's two and one against yeah him, so. i'm a huge arturo gaddy fan and uh mickey ward also had an old school he was known for his left punch to the liver he wasn't a guy who knocked you out by punching you yeah. in the head he was known for his liver shot yes and there is one point in that fight i forget if it's round nine or not where he hits arturo gaddy in the in the liver yeah. and gaddy was known for being the toughest fighter the thing with gaddy was he was a great boxer but if you could get him to brawl, he would say, screw boxing, yeah. let's just fight. And there is a point where he gets hit in the liver. Get, Ward catches him in the liver. And Gaddy, I know this is an audio medium for the listener, yeah. but Gaddy makes a face that's like, like, like the most contorted yeah. face where you're like, that's the toughest human being in boxing. Yes. And I'm watching him struggle through something so horrible. And I can't believe how beautiful it is to watch. <laughs> I think Gaddy at some point said uh, fighting uh, Mickey Waters, he had imagined what it would be like to fight a twin, to fight his twin. And this is the equivalent because they were both roughly the same size. Both bam, 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 yeah, bam, bam. And, and it was yeah. it was that thing where Ward was never going to be as good a boxer, mm. but he was lucky in the sense that Gaddy had very little interest in the science of boxing. Yeah. He'd do it if you yelled at him enough. But when he realized yeah. he had Mickey, when he's like, you want to do this? Yes, let's do this yes. instead. Yeah. No science, brawling, all fighting, knocking, getting knocked down, getting back up in a way where you go, that's inhuman. I, as a human, would be begging for this to stop and they're getting back up. It's it's brilliant. Yeah. It's great. Well, But you touched on about, you you describe yourself as a, a nerdy kind of guy. So you, you can think these things through. I mean, boxers are fantastically fit. They have to be to be able to move out of the way yeah. to, and to take the punch and to give a punch. I mean, they, they put a lot into it. But when it comes down to it, it's one guy trying to, if possible, you may go for the liver, but usually you're going for the head to inflict short-term and probably long-term damage on your... That's the whole object of the sport. It's, it's not kind a, of like comedy in some way, isn't it? <laughs> Just one person gets up there with a microphone and yeah. they endure a lonely life yes. full of the judgment and scorn of an yeah. audience. Less you, physical pain, more emotional, yeah. but yeah. maybe that's why I'm attracted to it. Yeah, but no, I, but I assume you, were, you weren't a boxer at school. or No, but I tell young. you, I did... Um, you're not going to expect this. There was a stretch of my life, and the pandemic stopped this, where I got very into submission grappling. Submission I've, grappling. I've not just taken classes; I've entered tournaments. Yeah, I've taken. I'm not it familiar with the term. I can Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Can... Brazilian right, jiu-jitsu okay. is what it's mostly known as. I yeah. became around 2006. I became very in in, in uh, psych. I'm a, I'm a psychologically damaged person. I don't know if you're picking up on this. Yeah, and I've had some mental health problems in my life, and one of the ways that I decided to deal with them was in 2006, I signed up for Brazilian jiu-jitsu classes and I would fight people stronger than myself. Yes. And it was probably foolish, but I do like fighting. I do see the romance of fighting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
So if I were to leap, out is weirded out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I were to leap across and for some reason start attacking you, I'd have no chance because you. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe you're trained. Maybe you've yeah. trained with some of the world's best. I have maybe, no idea. Maybe I have. I'd, I'd like you to keep that thought in mind that I might be. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but let's not put that to the test. Sure. Yes. Sure. Yeah. I. Yeah. No. But so the, the, oh, it's, that's interesting. So you, um, uh, you're not weirded out or put off by the fact that you know a boxing ring which is always a square for some yeah. reason. Uh, you're watching people pounding, uh, uh, you know, it's, 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 raw. it's very raw. It's raw. Yeah. It's brutal. Yeah. I think it's exploitative at times of the boxers in the ring. I yeah. hate that there's promoter, again, the comedian me, there's promoters making more money than the boxers themselves yeah. at times. That's not right. But I do think that there is... It's like that in comedy something. Yes, I, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but I think there's something honest and there's something beautiful about watching people fight. I, not always, yeah. but when it hits a certain pitch yeah. and a certain tone, I think it can be shockingly beautiful in the right. same way well, that music is or okay. dance is. I well, th- one I other th- press on it, I'll say, you know, I think it, at least at least one of these fights they did, both boxers had to go off to the hospital. Afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe all three. And that can happen in much more severe ways because I think Mickey Ward's still alive. I think Arturo Gatti's uh, no, no longer with us. He died mysteriously. Yeah. yeah, they said it was a suicide, but a lot of people in his life say that there. He yeah. he died in Brazil. Yeah, a lot of people say there was something shady about it. There's well, even if it's, even if it's suicide, you know, that's possibly related to yeah, being bashed in the head yeah. repeatedly by yeah. um, opponents. So, but d- does that ever worry you if you're cheering on a fight and then, get him, get him, he's down, and of oh my course. God, he's got to be taken away. Of to course, the, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not a monster. <laughs> I'm not a sociopath. I experience human emotions. <laughs> it can be a turnoff for sure. Um, but yeah, a good boxing match or a good MMA uh, fight, I, I think when it hits a certain pitch, I do think there's something truly beautiful yes. about it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. So let's go on to your fourth wonder. Uh, Have I written this down right or have I written it down correctly? A bottle of Dublin Dr. Pepper. Yes, yes, yes. Dublin Dr. Pepper. It's amazing. So you're familiar with Dr. Pepper? I certainly am. I'm familiar with Dublin, but I didn't know you had to put together to get something special. I'm talking about Dublin, Texas here. Oh, Dublin, Texas. Not, Not the Dublin you're thinking of. 
Well, I think most people, when you say Dublin, so, would tend to start with the thought. I think even most people in Texas would think of Ireland when they hear it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is a really crazy story that I love. So I'm a little bit obsessed with um, soda or pop, yes. as they call it in some yeah. parts of the States. A fizzy drink. And in the States, there's a real culture. That whole American attitude of like get rich quick, come up with your thing. Yeah. There was a real stretch in the early 20th century of people coming up with these soda formulas yeah. and selling them at soda fountains. And Dr. Pepper was really, really huge in Texas. Yes. And as it grew, um, there were a number of bottling plants that were allowed to produce it and sell it, and they had their own region. Mm. And then it became more corporate and went nationwide, but these were grandfathered in, and they were still allowed to operate. One of them was in Dublin, Texas. And there's this story that I love where um, when all the big soda companies in the States got together... I think in the late 70s, early 80s, they said, sugar's too expensive. Yeah. Let's all switch to corn syrup at the same time so that people just have to go with it. It's a shame, right? They're changing it. This one little tiny bottling plant in Dublin, Texas said, we're going to spend more money on sugar. We know corn syrup's cheaper, but you can get the original formula from us. Right. And it was this little known thing. And the bottle's only about this big. It's this beautiful glass bottle. Yeah. And when you would taste it, you would go, this is different. And clearly a little bit better than the corn syrup stuff I right. can get at the supermarket. Maybe it re you, know, you reminded me of what it tasted like when you were young as well. And you yeah. go, this is, this is the actual taste of a family-run business sticking to their guns and saying, we like the way we do yeah. it. This is the actual taste of unbroken tradition. Yeah. This is the actual taste of we're not going to let the corporate guys bully us. You can taste yeah. that. Yeah. It is a different taste than what you're used to, and it represents all those things. Now, you will not be shocked to hear that about 10 years ago, um, a strange thing happened where people in the States become obsessed with Mexican Coke because it had sugar and not corn syrup. Right. And we started importing a lot of, like Coca-Cola would make sugar-based, and then all the soda companies started saying, oh, they like sugar, not corn syrup. Dr. Pepper started saying, we are going to sell this ourselves. They wound up suing their own original bottling plant. <laughs> there was a court case in America that is literally titled Dr. Pepper versus Dr. Dr. Pepper <laughs> in the American court system. Now, yes. Dr. Pepper said to report Dr. Yeah. Pepper won. They won. They beat Dr. <laughs> so Pepper. Like Kramer versus Kramer. They Pepper versus Pepper. They yeah. shut down yeah. the original bottling plant, this little tiny family-run Because opera. they were sticking to a formula they... Well, Everything. they managed to nail them. They started mail ordering it. And they said, you're only allowed to sell it within 30 or 40 miles of, of Dublin, Texas. Right. So they were shipping it outside yeah. of it. There had been a thing where f people would drive for hours to mm. this tiny town of Dublin, Texas to get this specific type of Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Once they started mailing it to those people instead, the corporate people said, oh, now see. we got you. Yeah, now yeah. we can shut you down. So are they shut down completely now? Is this they, now a nostalgic wonder of the world? And, but you will occasionally find somebody on eBay selling a 10-year-old yeah. bottle of this stuff. Yeah. And if yeah. you can get it, you now right. are tasting a thing that once you have it, it's gone. Mm. Keep that in mind. So it makes it even more mystical to me can and more I, special. Can I suggest you try a local drink here? Are uh, you talking uh, Iron Brew? Iron Brew. Oh, Iron Brew. I love yeah. Iron Brew. The, uh, a similarish thing, I suppose, has gone through that because uh, because they're trying to cut down on the amount of uh, sugar and stuff. So, so the formula isn't the same anymore, is it, Iron Brew? It's been it's been made, made healthier, which was never the point of Iron no. Brew, I don't think. <laughs> it's an acquired taste Iron Brew, but I do have it as soon as I land in Scotland yes, every time yeah. as a soda fan. Fanatic. To mm. me, it tastes a little bit like liquid cotton candy, which is not a great thing. No. Uh, but it's very it's, popular it's, here, though. And it's, it's delicious. It's supposed to be one of the few countries in the world where 
the local drink, Iron Brew, outsells Coca-Cola. That's uh, I love everywhere that. else Coca-Cola wins for Yeah, and as an American, maybe I should just be rooting for Coca-Cola, but I can't root for the big corporation. Iron no. Brew, as the local rabble rouser, okay. I'm all about it. All right. So we can't. So this is a wonder of the world, but it's a little bit like the, the way, wonders of the ancient world. We can't get a, a Dr. Pepper anymore. You can find it on occasion. And that's. Yeah. I think that's so beautiful. It. When you crack that bottle yeah. open and you taste it, you go, and now it's gone. All right. It doesn't, it's not being made anymore. Maybe I've got to drink uh, some more of the, the current Dr. Pepper, so I'll meet out to a pretty. Yeah. But was there a Dr. Pepper? I, I always thought if, if there was a Dr. Pepper, a, a Colonel Sanders, a Mr. Kipling, all these people, do they ever eat? Was there a Dr. Pepper? Or I it- don't think there was a real Dr. Pepper. No. I would love it if there was. Yeah. I've never considered, for as much as I've researched soda, yeah. was there some guy who went around like yeah. healing people and he made soda on the side he might and his be, name was Dr. Pepper? He might be a Mr. Pepper and he just called himself doctor to convince I wonder him if they busted healthy. him. He didn't have an yeah. actual degree. Yeah. yeah. Well, he was, he was thwarted by his yeah. rival, Professor Salt. But anything... <laughs> Um, yeah, but I think anything that keeps, uh, you know, corn syrup away, because I think corn syrup's a bit of an insidious thing. Yeah, and, yeah that stuff will kill you. Yeah. And sugar, yeah. that just sure. gets you hopped up and happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now, uh, your fifth wonder, uh, which is another, another very American wonder, and why not? Uh, that's where you're from. So this is John Stark's dunk on Michael Jordan. Absolutely one of the yeah. highlights of my life. Growing yeah. up in the New York area, big New York Knicks fan. I don't know how I don't know how popular basketball is. Well, uh, some people like it. Do we have any basketball fans in? Oh, you're just being quash. Just just for that for the hell of it. Why don't a few of you say, "Yeah, yeah, 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 it's a big thing." Uh, bunch of liars. Yeah, a bunch of liars. Yeah, this this. No, some people. I mean that that documentary uh, on you know basketball has gone down. Anyway, anyway, sorry. You get on with your wonder. Let me. This was in 1993, I believe. Yes. Everyone knows who Michael Jordan is. I don't need to explain. Yeah, they're all wearing Jordan's yes, everyone products. is. Even they don't, they don't know everyone. who he is. Who's Michael Jordan? Is there a real Michael Jordan? I think, He's I think making it's money off of on, you, yes. On, on, on shoes. <laughs> John Starks, however, if you don't know who John Starks is, so the Knicks were always the team that couldn't get past Jordan. They, If, if Michael Jordan didn't exist, yeah. my favorite team, the New York Knicks, they would have won the championship a few times. This is yeah. very a very popular thought. Mm. John Starks was this guy. He barely played in high school. He had a, a lot of he had a little bit of a speech impediment. He was yeah. hard to understand. He bounced around junior colleges in the States, barely could make it in the NBA. He at one point quit pursuing his dream to become a, a grocery bagger in a supermarket. Yeah. He was just he's the ultimate working class guy. Yeah. The ultimate like could barely make it. And Michael Jordan, every time would just manage to beat John Starks. He'd make him look like a clown. John Starks would just get hot-headed, get kicked out of the game for getting overreacted, taking a swing at Jordan. And then there was this one game where it was a playoff game where Starks got the ball, took off, and he dunked on Michael Jordan. And in my mind, this footage is worth watching with this context because if you are someone who feels like you are not the Michael Jordan of your world, you're not the best yeah. You're not the pinnacle. Yeah. You're not the king. You're the guy who has to fight just to make it onto the court in yes. your life. This moment is truly cathartic and absolutely one of the greatest things that's ever yes. happened in sports. So, uh, so I, I don't know if we need to explain the terminology even of dunk. So he's go, so he's, he's obviously trying to get to the basket, and he's got Michael Jordan in his well, and the rest of the team. Michael Jordan in his way. Yes. First, you see Horace Grant come up and try to block him, and he yeah. gets past him, and then you see Jordan come into the shot, mm. and it's Michael Jordan, the guy yeah. you know, and starts p- 
puts the ball right through the hoop, right over. To dunk on someone yeah. is one of the most disrespectful things you yeah. can do in sports. It's like, it, this is when you'll see the other guy like fall down and yeah. you get to stand over them yeah. and say, I, I just, yes. you know, yeah. you, I just made you my child. Yeah. I just infantilized yeah. you. Yeah. I, I, you're my son now. Yeah. I dunked on you. And he did that to Michael Jordan. Oh. Now, granted, Michael Jordan wins in the end because he's a literal billionaire. Yeah. I don't know what John Starks is up to now. Yeah. Um, but but he's always got the fans to say that that's our moment. That's your moment. He was, it's our moment. He was never the best player, but the part of New York that, you know, people like to romanticize New York in, in movies as this gritty place mm. full of gritty people. John Starks, for about a decade, really was the representative of that to New York fans. John Starks was the guy who could barely catch a break, and there was one moment when he did, and he threw it down hard on Jordan. Yeah. And again, if you've got like a boss who's a dickhead, or yeah. you got an older brother who's got like nicer teeth and more money than you, yeah. then you're the John Starks yeah. in your life. Yeah. Watch this footage; yeah. it's gonna make you feel real good. And I you promise. Know you're gonna have one moment. You one yes, moment. Yes, it's the moment for all. It's yeah. the moment for dudes who look like me. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, I mean, uh, there, there are basketball fans, and people do play it over here. Not, nothing like as big as in America. But the thing that we sometimes say about it, because like our uh, most popular sport is football soccer. yes yes and in in football quite often games are decided by one goal or you know one nil yeah three two four three is a, mm-hmm. is a giant score and basketball or has this sort of strange 150 to, to 140 oh, you're gonna score, you score it's like just when the music stops is when we're one one now i'll tell you in yeah. america some of us say that that makes it fast-paced and exciting yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no of course it does but it means each individual score isn't they a huge emotional release? You, no. oh, you've got, even if you get three points, unless it happens to be in some vital moment, you, you've got to you've got to get about a hundred in the game. To I mean, even for a player to score thirty five points, that means they're a very good player, but yeah. it's not unusual yes. in one game. Yeah, I feel like thirty five points in football uh, is a, probably a great a career. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. probably you've had a solid career. You, you've, that'd be a memorable game. Is right there yeah. a John Starks in the football world? Is there the guy who's he's second tier? Like John Starks made the yeah. All-Star game once or twice. Yes. But generally, there were five players better than him at his yeah. position any given year. Yeah. But you loved him because when yeah. he broke through, you felt it in your heart. Is there an equivalent? Well, I can't think of a particular person for the moment. Somebody in the audience might be. But, but the equivalent in a sort of team form is that uh, every year there's, there's a you know, there's a league in the countries, but there's a cup as well. So in England, it's the FA Cup. In Scotland, it's the Scottish FA Cup. And every now and then, or most seasons... A small team will beat one of the big teams, and it's a you know, it's it's a giant killing, and everybody in that club lives off that memory. All their fans for maybe 20, 30, 40 years. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, you know, it was like so. Uh, I I can't think of an individual. Take us, take it. Uh, yeah. Je- oh, yes. So, or that. Yes, in the Premier League in England, uh, uh, the they uh, they kind of settled down to about four or five, six maybe big clubs that always win it. But a few seasons ago, a club called Leicester won the the Premier League. A- every big club seemed to be going through a bad patch, and they came through. But popular, they were a good player. And somebody mentioned Jamie Vardy, who is a, a um, you know, he's I, I think he's a great player, but he's an old fashioned. Uh, you know, he's snaffling around and is scoring, scoring goals very, very fast. His wife seems entertaining as well. But uh, <laughs> they, they, I'm sorry, we're laughing. So it's, not, it's not directed at you. It's, uh, Happy to hear the laugh, although yeah, I do not she, get the reference. She's just been involved in a big uh, court case against another, another, a wife of another player. And, uh, uh, well, the, 
the case didn't go necessarily to her advantage, but uh, <laughs> it, <laughs> it was anyway. So okay, we'll think of Jamie Vardy. So he was he was. Uh, I, I support a well, pretty big club in England called Arsenal, and uh, we were def- we definitely wanted to buy him, but he wouldn't. We, we offered like well, some one pound over some minimum thing, and that didn't work. I was so, once in an improv group called Arsenal. All right, because in the states we realized not many people knew soccer, and we could just buy their merch and have our own merch. Oh right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. I suppose that's probably a, a very good thing for Arsenal because they're selling stuff, but yeah. they probably sued you anyway. We uh, would all but, come out on stage in like Arsenal scarves and hats oh. and people would be like, did these assholes make merch for their improv team? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Okay. Um, all right, we've got to move on. So that's the John Starks dunk. Yes. Uh, now, uh, that's a change of direction. I don't know why you've got You've got Gurkhas are your... Yeah. Yeah. I'm obsessed with Gurkhas. Yes. The internet is obsessed. Do you know that, that Gurkhas go big on the internet every few years? I did not know that. I'm very familiar with the Gurkhas. You probably know more than I do. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, don't, I think yeah. you can. Yeah. Well, my th- father-in-law, who was very, very old to be my father-in-law, was an officer in the Gurkhas, in the 4th uh, Gurkha Regiment. So I am therefore uh, learnt uh, via my wife and... Uh, you know, family references. Uh, they, anyway, because he was a, an officer in the Indian Army way back when, way back when, a long while ago. Well, I think you can see that I have a trend, right? I like violence with the boxing. <laughs> yes. I like the underdogs with John Starks. I don't yeah. like the, like Dublin Dr. Pepper. I like because they don't, they reject the corporate guy. And uh, uh, there's intricacies to this that I don't know as an American, I'm mm. sure, as far as how Gurkhas integrate into the larger British uh, Army structure. Yeah. But as far as like, badass underdogs yeah. that yeah. take that are just like mild mannered but then when it's go time yes they fuck shit up part yeah. of my French yeah. who's better than the Gurkhas at that have you read the stories about these I know acts? I know they've got a knife and once they take it out they've got to use it that's uh, yeah well I, I've got a quote here from uh, well, who's it doesn't matter who's it Field Marshal Sam I Ma- think I Ma- know the quote Mogenshaw yes once stated that if a man says he's not afraid of dying he's, he's a liar man. or a Gurkha yeah. <laughs> if you're not scared yeah. of death you're a liar or yeah. a Gurkha if anyone ever said anything about me like that in life I would die happy yeah. well, <laughs> you they, don't fear yeah. dying you're either a liar or Chris Gethard yeah. like <laughs> how cool do you have to be for the Gurkhas to have that said about yes, you yes fantastic and they oh. well they're from Nepal so they fight in the Nepalese army in the Indian army and in the British army they had to divide them up when India got to independence and they remain very popular in Britain and to the extent that uh, not long ago I was uh, driving along and a car hit me from behind and uh, the guy was Nepalese but he was very very quick to say not enough threatening ways oh no I'm a Gurkha and you think oh well okay fair enough you have fought bravely and and uh, anyway you might take your knife out so let's leave it I don't care that'll, that'll bash out don't worry I, I can always Gurkha I, I once read a story that um, in the time before radio communication I believe in Afghanistan there was a guy he was a Gurkha and there were two British um, forts and he was at an outpost between them doing like mirror communication oh, right. flashing and there was um uh, surprise attack and the, the British had to say we are so, we cannot get there in time and there were only about a dozen Gurkhas yeah. but then with with, with binoculars with, with glasses they watched as these Gurkhas about a dozen of them killed 400 men <laughs> and it ended apparently with the guy who was doing the signaling yeah. sa- signaling back to the British hey uh, I'm the last one alive is it cool if I stop flashing this mirror you'll yeah. go kill some people now <laughs> and then they watched him kill like 30 oh. more by himself before yeah. he got taken out I'm going these yeah. people yes 
Well, this is all very entertaining, but I wasn't expecting all your wonders to be devoted to the aggression, bashing, killing, knifing. Well, to be fair, I came up with the list last night, and you saw my show. I had a small crowd, so I may have been in a bit of a mood. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was in a bit of a mood, yeah. The person you need to meet up with is an actor, actress called Joanna Lumley. Okay. Because she has a family connection with uh, Nepal as well. And there was a bit of an argument a few years ago about how much pension they should get. Uh, because I read a, about it, yes, yeah. Because it's obviously convenient to play it pay a pension at Nepalese rates uh, by the ever-generous British government. And she, uh, I think, um, forced them to pay at more like British rates. So, Seems like they deserve it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seems but, like uh, if you yeah. sign up to go and kill hundreds of people yeah. on behalf of another country's army. Yeah. You know, but listen. Yeah, well, I, well I'm sure uh, Joanna Lumley would be, if you wanted to pursue more stuff about... I would love you, you, you would enjoy it more uh, getting it from her than from me. Yeah, that sounds wrong. But anyway, let's... The, uh, uh, <laughs> she's very entertaining. Entertaining and charming. Okay, and uh, your seventh wonder. Now, this is another bizarre, it's a bizarre choice, but it's an exciting. The best. It's the best. Conan goes apple picking with Mr. T. Yes, the high. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> if anybody is a fan of Conan O'Brien, I think he's one of America's Talk great show gifts. Host. Yes, yes, absolutely one of the great gifts. Yes. Uh, underrated. Went through some nonsense with his, you know, getting getting Jay Leno stole his job from him and all this stuff. It's but quite a complicated world, very competitive world. So that I I I sort of got to know the late night talk shows in America yeah. through David Letterman. I was a big fan. Yes. I'm a big fan of David Letterman. I am as well. His rival kind of was Jay Leno, and then and then Conan came on on the scene. Conan and, was supposed to take over for Jay Leno. Did yeah. it for a few months, and then Leno took it back. Yeah. And uh, so Leno comes out badly in this. But was is yes. he is he a baddie in that? Culture? Or is yeah, it just he's the kinda, way I, he's kind of regarded as a very milk toast, play it safe guy? Yes. Letterman and Conan are the more cutting edge, yeah. the actual what's funny guys. Yes, um, Leno is a little bit more just uh, make you feel good, make yeah. you and your grandma feel good with a joke. Yeah. Conan and Letterman do the real weirdo stuff. Yes, Conan is a national treasure and should be recognized even more so as such in America. Okay. I would say. There, he once did a bit where it is simply he grabs Mr. T, who I think you probably are familiar with. Yeah, you're from the ATM. <laughs> from the ATM. You're all, um, yeah, 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 yeah. He, it, it's, it is exactly what it says. He just grabbed a couple cameras and he took Mr. T apple picking. And yeah. in my mind, it is as good as comedy has ever yeah. been. It is a crazy bit. It's, it uh, is. He, yeah. he takes him. And, They're in a Rolls Royce or something. They drive up to Connecticut or somewhere, somewhere orchardy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they go to an orchard yeah. and they pick apples. And what's great about it is you go, okay, I think, right when you hear the title, you go, I think I can imagine what'll be funny about that. You don't expect Mr. T to go apple picking, yeah. let alone with a guy like Conan O'Brien. Yeah. And it's all those things. It's charming nice. and funny in all the ways you expect. And then on top of it, Mr. T acts like such a bizarre psychopath yes. throughout the entirety of it and does a series of things where you just watch him and you go, why is he doing that? <laughs> and then you get to see someone as funny as Conan O'Brien react to that. Yeah. And it's... Just about as good as comedy can be, if you ask me. Well, I, I've, Conan O'Brien, I've not seen a lot of, but he did a lot of interviews with uh, Norm MacDonald, who's a comedian, yes. died uh, yes. recently, who's a fabulous comedian, fantastic comedian. And would go nuts on Conan's show. Yes. He would let loose on Conan's show. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, yeah. so uh, can I just put in a, a, a rival bit in a talk show? Sure. It's a, it's a Letterman show. And I, 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 I always remember this because I happened to be in America and I'd, I switched it on and I saw this bit. And, uh, and I, it was me being stupid apart from anything else, which is always you know, good to admit. So, so uh, Letterman's just doing a show, interviewing somebody, and he sees there's two sailors in the audience. They're in the sailor outfit. And he says, what are you, what are you doing? Oh, we've, we've come off our ship. We've been away for three months. We've just hit the shore and we've got tickets. Somebody gave us tickets to come here. Oh, that's fantastic. We're in a round of applause, and, and then he carries on with a bit more interview. And then he goes, what? Yeah, But this is ridiculous. What are you coming to a you know, my TV show? It's not what you want when you come ashore after three months away. <laughs> yeah, well, no, we, we're like a big fan. Big, and then he goes, he does a bit more interview. He comes back in, nah, come on, just you want to go to a club with girls and things in it. And he get there's a camera, you get a, a roving camera, and they go out the back door of the studio, Perfect. go across the road, taking the sailors with them, get into the club. There's there's sort of, uh, you know, there's it was not too raunchy but it's a raunchy kind of club and at that point the, you go from the shot from the moving camera to another camera that's in the club and at that point I realised this isn't a real thing this is yeah. a sketch of course people don't walk around New York and say that's from movies this is all a setup. I was completely taken in and I thought so I know all about television I follow the grammar of these things and it was such a fantastic I mean it didn't even produce the biggest laugh in the world it was so clever as a way of now is it telling about you that you went I know this is fake. They don't let you have cameras in strip clubs. <laughs> That's not what I said, but it's uh, it's a good. It's what I heard. It's a good. It's a good end to your wonders. So, Chris, Chris uh, Gethard, I haven't. You, in your show, you break down your name to see yeah, how difficult it does. My, spell out my, the words "get hard." Yes, unfortunately. Uh, uh, <laughs> I was wondering if I should raise that with them. No, everyone's heard the jokes about their name. They don't want, and you well, deal with that. It's anyway. very classy. Yeah, so yeah. I'm thanking you for sharing. <laughs> I'm just rushing too much. Thank you for sharing your seven wonders with me. I have to choose now the wonder of wonders from okay. your list of seven. The one okay. which struck me as particularly wonderful, uh, the way uh, you, uh, you chose it. Um, just so as I can uh, be in good favour with my own wife, uh, whose uh, father was involved with the Gurkhas, I'm going to, and there's no other reason, I'll put in the Gurkhas as your wonder of wonders. Fair and it's quite a surprising choice from America. So thank you very much. If you enjoyed this episode of My Seven Wonders, it would be wonderful if you could rate and review us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you found us. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. My Seven Wonders with Clive Anderson is a stack production in association with Alaska TV and powered by the ACAST Creator Network.